0: and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision well let's turn our attention to what's unfolding with the global coronavirus pandemic the world is reeling as it wrestles to contain the novel coronavirus and the economic devastation that lies in its wake what does this struggle look like for the continent with the world's highest population growth rate home to 20% of humanity. In Africa, over 400 million people live on less than US $1.90 per day. The economic effects of COVID-19 will be vastly different there to those seen in wealthier nations. How will COVID-19 affect the continent where more than half of the world's extreme poor reside? Well, let's get some insights. Ben Campbell leads the Australian arm of African Enterprise. Ben's joining us. Hi, Ben. Welcome along to 2020.
1: Thank you very much, Neil. Great to be with you.
0: Ben, the global future looks very different with COVID-19. Change is coming. It's very significant, though, in a, a continent like Africa.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, in Africa, where it's struggling with uh, many forms of uh, diseases already, economic issues, um, wars, conflicts, and then suddenly uh, COVID has thrust itself upon the scene and uh, people are, are suffering because we, they, the governments know that they don't have the medical results to be able to deal with it, a massive influx of, of patients like we've seen in, um, in other parts of the world. So, yeah, there's been a, quite a sense of trepidation as they... Um, as they prepare for this situation.
0: And things have taken hold there significantly. As I understand it, there were only two nations in Africa as far back as February that were doing any testing for COVID-19. But that number has grown very significantly. More than 40 nations now are doing significant testing.
1: Yeah, um, so... We're seeing uh, in, in some countries like South Africa that are doing extensive uh, testing and we've certainly seen some of the earlier results in the north of Africa. But in some other parts of uh, Africa, some countries such as Tanzania haven't been releasing any data at all. Uh, so we, we do know that there's an underlying uh, situation that's unfolding, but not in any great detail. Uh, and in, certainly in some of those communities where uh, there is a lot of slum, communities, people living in very poor situations, uh, we're not always able to get that information out or test in those particular communities. So there may be an underlying issue uh, unfolding without us knowing about it.
0: Well, isn't that illustrative of what's happening in so many nations all around the world where there can't be any really trustworthy numbers because the testing hasn't been there and the health resources haven't been there to be able to uh, attend to the issues as they arise. Hey what's different of course in Africa and I mentioned in the introduction the widespread poverty so many people living on very very little and lockdowns when they happen can be effective in stopping COVID-19, but there's all sorts of other implications when you're at the poorer end of the scale. What's your insight here, Ben?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so the African nations, to a large extent, have been quite effective um, in in helping to prevent uh, the spread of this particular virus, um, in no small part because some nations have been dealing with things such as the spread of Ebola, and they have systems in place Already for, temp- uh, for temperature checking and uh, locking down streets and, and those kind of things. Um, and many nations have taken an early response uh, to this impending crisis by going into lockdown. And we know that Kenya's just gone into another further four week lockdown after at least a month uh, already in lockdown. And what it's done is that people who are basically living um, hand-to-mouth, they're going out selling wares in the streets, they're not able to do that anymore. So we're finding the situation where there's a bit of a trade-off between people not catching this awful virus uh, and the devastation it causes amongst the vulnerable communities or just simply not having food to eat. Uh, So we're we're finding that uh, in some nations where they feel they're unable to uh, to be able to provide food. The lockdowns just aren't in place, such as in, in Zambia. Whereas in other countries, uh, such as in South Africa and in Kenya, uh, those lockdowns are really severely impacting the welfare and the livelihoods of, of many people. And it just it keeps continuing. Uh, so we're we're seeing in some places, like in South Africa, where people have been queuing from 2 a.m for up to 16 hours um, to go and visit you know, one of the not-for-profits that's providing food, for example, without any guarantee at all that the food they'll have a food package at the end of that line. And that's a really devastating uh, issue that's affecting uh, Africans right now.
0: Ben, give us some insight here into the work of African enterprise in the nations that you're working in and how you've had to change gears because of issues with lockdowns and, you know, you can't do mass gatherings. Uh, What have you had to change to be able to address the issues?
1: Yes, Neil. Well, we've actually had to do a complete reset of our ministry model. Uh, which is, is typically um, a mass evangelistic uh, campaign. It's going out to the streets, it's cleaning, uh, it's holding uh, prayer groups and gatherings, uh, it's going out onto the streets and witnessing. Uh, there's many different facets of that. But with the lockdown situation, we're not able to do that. So from a ministry perspective, we've launched into something that's it's gained attention across Africa and its home-based evangelistic uh, programs, which is a way that we reach into household communities of people living uh, together in the same vicinity with um, video, radio and TV. So do you remember the, the old days you'd sit down and listen to the, uh, to the radio and the programs uh, that would come on before the time of you know, TV? That's right. Same sort of thing. Um, there would be a certain time during the day that they would sit down and listen to a message uh, that's been um, advised to them in advance. Uh, and a lot of people have smartphones we are able to communicate to them through uh, video messaging. And then finally, we have the online decision cards that we tend tend to hand out. So when people make that decision for Christ, they're able to fill that out uh, electronically as well. So that's a, an important way we've changed our model um, to still reach out with the good news of Jesus Christ into people's homes. But the second thing is around the practical support uh, and in that way, we've typically done um, programs teaching women skills such as making bags and selling them in the markets. That's how I now have to change around to making face masks and more sanitary equipment such as soap and detergent uh, to supply um, people in, in absolute need and, and for these types of things to prevent the spread of the virus.
0: I know that in a lot of poorer centres, there's not great sanitation the way we think of here in Australia. Uh, but there's also this extra issue with disease. And while we talk about COVID-19, uh, this wasn't the biggest killer in Africa. Other diseases like HIV, TB and malaria, these have been other huge diseases. And in fact, uh, they, they've ravaged Africa for, for centuries. Give us some insight here into what COVID-19 means for a nation that's already been ravaged by disease.
1: Yeah, well, essentially what that means is there's a large number of immunocompromised people, uh, particularly in South Africa, which has one of the highest rates of HIV infection in the world. Um, And so what we're seeing is in in that, the risk is in that situation, COVID would have a devastating effect uh, because we've seen, uh, according to the research, that it does particularly affect people with other um, uh, diseases. Uh, And so yeah, we've been we've been a little worried about what what that means for Africa. Um, so we're we're hoping and we're praying and we're doing our best uh, through the mission work of African Enterprise to do preventative measures uh, through sanitation uh, information, good information. that's a, that's a start. Um, you know pr- um, helping people to get local resources, um, providing great information from Australia, which we've we've got here. Um, and, and as well as uh, getting the support for them to be able to make, make the equipment to uh, prevent the, the, the spread. And yes, we, there is a, a very poor uh, in many communities, particularly in the, the slum areas, people are living you know, on top of each other. It's just, you know, it can be up to a million people packed into an area of um, you know, less than a kilometer square area. Um, so in that sort of environment, it's absolutely essential that people are taking precautions, washing their hands, um, you know, wearing a face mask, uh, standing 1.5 metres away from each other. And so having that proper education uh, and there's some, um, you know, there's rumours around, you know, how it may affect one person from a, one race differently from another race. And just have to dispel those, those rumours right now and give them the, the hard facts to prevent this kind of thing from spreading.
0: Ben, this time of year, organisations like African Enterprise are often running fundraisers. Uh, You're asking Australians to partner with you to uh, be able to meet and uh, alleviate some of the huge needs that you're trying to address right now. Uh, Give us some insight into whatever fundraiser you've got on before the end of this financial year.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Neil. Uh, Well, with the support of Australian Australians we've been able to do an amazing amount of work in 12 different countries within Africa which is uh, you know providing those face masks distributing food um, as well as to uh, to provide the good news of Jesus through the home-based evangelism as I mentioned earlier so we have a, a budget to the end of this end of financial year in June of 400,000 which we've raised about 120 to date um, we've got around 280,000 to continue to raise. Uh, which will enable us to be even more effective of preventing the spread of COVID. Um, And really importantly, in some areas such as in Kenya and South Africa, people are desperate for food. Um, The lockdown situation has meant that they've not been able to get to the market, they've not been able to earn the money to be able to buy the food. So like I mentioned earlier, some of these people are queuing from 2am in the morning for up to 16 hours to try to get a food package which may or may not come. So the work of African Enterprise and being able to just raise these kind of funds will help us to distribute food and also prevent the spread of this disease.
0: So at this point, a shortfall around $280,000 and whenever we talk, I always encourage listeners uh, that African enterprise can always use an extra friend or two, a prayer partner, someone who can support financially and uh, all the best as we ask God's uh, grace and blessing on that fundraiser to reach that goal that you need to of $400,000, shortfall of $280,000 right now. Ben Campbell leads the Australian arm of African Enterprise. There is real need to connect with Ben and African Enterprise. You can go to their website, africanenterprise.com.au. That's africanenterprise.com.au. Ben Campbell, thanks so much for the update today on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil, and God bless you and all the listeners. Really appreciate it.